everyone, and welcome to the Neurodiverse Teacher Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Kristen Eccleston, aka the Neurodiverse Teacher. And with me today is Lily McNamara. Lily is a holistic practitioner and spiritual psychic advisor and owner of Lily of the Light LLC. Lily offers services and events to help people be a spiritual badass. Lily has been an intuitive energy worker for the past 20 years. They are a psychic medium certified in the art of energy healing, including Reiki, as well as trained in guided meditation, past life work, and tarot. Lily's main mission is to help people rock their authentic selves and unlock their awesomeness. Welcome, Lily, to the Neurodiverse Teacher Podcast. Hello. It is so good to be here. I'm glad I could. You, Yay. I'm excited. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm like, <laughs> I am so excited to have you here. And I'm going to start off by telling my listeners how we ended up meeting and how we know each other, which I think if you listen to this podcast regularly, you know that I was recently on a show called The Blocks, which is Wes Bergman's. If you're familiar with Wes Bergman or not, he was on The Real World. He does all those MTV challenges, and he has a reality show for entrepreneurs. And we were recently there, what, in, in August in Kansas City, and I got to meet Lily. Lily is amazing. Lily is my PLP, which is my past life pal, which we can totally talk about today while, while we're getting into things. But Lily is a spiritual badass, and I was really excited to have Lily come on and talk about what, what they do, um, what they're involved in. And so that's where I'm going to start, Lily. Tell me about you and how you came to know that you were this spiritual being. So for me, I, I kind of got the cheat codes to life. I was born with my gifts and abilities, which are amazing. Everyone's born with them, but I was born with them and then like aware of them. So I always tell people like I was talking to spirits before I was talking to people. It was wow. always totally normal for me to see energy and talk to spirits and to know what was going to happen before it happened. And then by the age of 10, my mom was like, oh, I have a special kid. And <laughs> so wonderful mother that I have, she sent me to a mentor so that I could start training at the age of 10 to become a holistic practitioner already. And I learned discernment and grounding and all those things that a kid needs to learn to and, and adults too. like this is just the foundation. But I learned it as a kid um, to be able to be a healthy and happy spiritual being. And then um, I started seeing clients in my teens. So I've been serving clients for 20 years now. And if anyone's wondering the face genetics, OK, there is no secret genetics and water. That's it. I, I won the lottery. OK. That is all. Someone's like, you're so young. It's like, no, I look young. So do my parents. So <laughs> um, I love what I do. This is always what I wanted to do. Don't get me wrong. There were like times in my life where like I could be a lawyer or a mm. circus clown. <laughs> but it's always like, yeah, I want to do this. I want to help people. And it means that I have a really diverse life and able to do things that that to me are very normal. And a lot of people have to go, yeah, that's not normal. Like how we met, we met on um, the blocks and mm -hmm. we're past life pals and people are like, well, wh what do you mean? And it's, it's like, well, when we met, we had an instant connection Yes, and you would kept saying, I, I know you from somewhere. I know, yes. I know you. And then yes. we, and then I had asked you, I think on the second day, do you want to know where we know each other? And you're like, yes. And so we were, I didn't know if you would be okay with it or not. <laughs> And I was like, yeah, because we had just met each other, what, less than 24 hours before. Yes. And now I'm just like, let me just tell you the woo-woo that I do, Um, that we were friends in a past life. And then that night we had both like dreamt it or had like visions of it. And then mm -hmm. the next day we were like tactile, like doing the same hand motions. And I remember people watching us going, how are you guys like literally doing the same thing at the same time? For because like, we were like seeing the same thing in our mind. And I have to tell people, people who are listening to this thinking, okay, sure. I tested it. So that night we all had our own hotel rooms, right? Nobody, we didn't have roommates or anything like that. And that night I just started talking to you randomly. I don't like in my mind, like in my mind, mm -hmm. I was talking to you. And then the next morning when we walked into where we all would kind of gather, you said to me, you go, did you call me last night? And I was like, 
what do you mean? You go, you know what I mean. And so you knew that I was like talking to you in my mind the night before. And you even like called me out on it. So, I mean, right there, I was like, yep, this is the real deal right here. 110%. Not that I had any doubts, but like that just confirmed it right there. It's the fact checking. Like, I don't think anyone has like blind faith. It's like, but when you get that verification, it's like, oh my gosh, I remember one of the days my pod got let out much later than much earlier than yours. Mm-hmm. And I had gone up to my hotel room and then you had just got and you were like, okay, I'm done. And that's all you said. And then I was like, yep. okay. And I went back down. I'm like, hey, I was in the hotel room. And you're like, yep, I, I knew. And I, I wanted you to know that I was done. So all you said as you walked out of your pod was you sent the psychic ping. I'm done. Yep. And I was like, all right, I'm going to go back down now. Yeah. So it's it's just it's a connection that mm-hmm. that we have that we shared because we were best friends in a past life wearing cute little white dresses playing in yes. mud, of course. <laughs> yes, it was like a Victorian era. And like that when people will say that we were like doing this, it's like we could feel yep. that when we were seeing it, it, it was it was really and I had never experienced that before personally. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is your realm is not necessarily my day-to-day realm. I am a true believer. I'm a true open. I like to think of myself as being spiritual and woo-woo, but like that's not my day-to-day realm. So I mean, that was the first time I had ever experienced something like that. And it was really, really cool. And I absolutely adore that I got to meet you and have you in my life. Ditto. And as much as people will be like, oh my God, so this is your day-to-day life. One, yes, absolutely. This kind of stuff happens all the time. Two, it is just as amazing as the first time. Don't ever think like, oh, but it's like, I, I experienced so much that people have told me like, why don't you post this stuff on social media? Like, it's so cool. And I'm like, I for, like, I know it's cool and I love it, but I forget that it's not the day-to-day thing. But um, yeah, that's that's how we met and we connected. And um, the other thing that we connected with is both being neurodivergent and yes. seeing the world in a little bit different way than than the normal people. Normal is in quotes. Let's be honest. There is no normal. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And yes, I loved that, too, about your brain. Our brains were very much on a similar wavelength and how we kind of see things. And you and I talk about those things on a regular basis too. We talk about that object permanency with having medications that need to be lined up in visuals, note taking post-its. I mean, we, we -hmm. both kind of subscribe to the the concept that you have to see it to remember that it exists. It has to be written down and out there or else we just don't function. Yeah. And I think the other thing that we bond over for being neurodivergent is like, the world is not neurodivergent friendly in general, like society isn't. And so I grew up not by anyone's fault thinking that I was broken or that I had it wrong. And so I constantly was trying to act like other people and to get things to work. Like my mom was frustrated with me that my stuff was everywhere all the time. But again, that object permanence, like I will not remember that it's there unless it's out. And she was like, you just, you're a messy human. And it's like, I'm not messy. I am very cluttered though, because it's all, it's all out. Um, And so that was something that I feel like we bonded over in a very neurodivergent way that it's like, we're as adults, we realize we're not broken. There is nothing wrong with us. We see the world differently and therefore we should react differently. And I feel like a lot of people forget that, that it's like, oh, that's so weird. No, you're weird. Shut up. Like judging. <laughs> judging is weird. Go away. Yes. yes, absolutely. So let me ask you then, when you were in high school, tell me about Lily in high school. What was that like as somebody who was neurodivergent? Did you know you were neurodivergent in high school? I guess is my first question. And either, even if you did or you did not, you know, you had these spiritual gifts. So I imagine high school had to be a little bit of a different experience for you. So it was, um, I was actually tested in kindergarten. My mom was a fierce advocate for learning disabilities, not necessarily neurodivergent. I don't even know if we had that word when I was little. Probably not. To be neurodivergent. But um, she she had me tested and it was, oh, your kid registers on the genius IQ, but cannot function in a classroom. And mm-hmm. so from kindergarten, like I learned cursive in kindergarten. Because wow. I was dyslexic and couldn't 
spell and I would always get pissed off at teachers when they're like, well, you failed your spelling test. And I'm like, the word is right. And they're like, you spelled bib and not did. And I'm like, it's the same thing. Give me a point. They never did. <laughs> by the way. They never gave me the point. But um, so I was always put into I call them the little room. So I mm-hmm. would have regular class with regular like the general population. And then a teacher would come to the door and I would leave. And then for however long, and this was my entire school life from kindergarten through high school. And I would be put in the little room to have things explained to me, to work on things that other kids just naturally got. And Mm -hmm. I mean, it it helped me a lot. I'm glad that I had those accommodations. I had an IEP my, my whole life. And another thing they did was because of writing and stuff and my chronic illnesses, I had a laptop in high school where other kids like, no, you can't have a laptop. You might be on the Internet. They always gave me I always had a laptop with me to take my notes Mm -hmm. so that I wasn't writing and scrawling and writing things that I didn't be it wouldn't be able to read later. Mm -hmm. So I had. Again, my mom was a fierce advocate. This was not like figure it out yourself. This was my mom going, if you have a problem, I would be happy to come to the school. And they're just like, no, no, there is no reason for you to come with your big mouth to this school. (laughs) Ever. (laughs) Now let me. Sorry, go ahead. So, yeah, I I had accommodations. So, like, my Mm -hmm. school life was different because I had the tiny room Mm -hmm. with the accommodations. But I was with the general populace. I just. And I again, was raised to advocate for myself. So if I didn't understand something, I literally walked up to the teacher and said, now you explain it to me. You explain mm-hmm. the project to everyone else. And now you explain it to me. And when the teachers got pissy, I looked at them and I said, this is what you're paid to do. You have to oh, teach really? all students, including the ones that think differently. Now you explain it to me. And believe it or not, you only have to say that once really loud for them to always happily explain it. <laughs> So you were really empowered, which is amazing mm-hmm. because I feel like so many kids would have felt otherwise in the sense like that they were different or something was wrong with them. And instead, you really had a solid and I'm not saying that that parents, other parents don't have a solid foundation, but I think there's so many kids. I don't know if it's social media now or what, but this idea of feeling or being seen differently in any shape or form is very paralyzing to them. So mm-hmm. did you ever have any of those feelings or any of those doubts? Or did you always just feel like I- I'm empowered and this is who I am and I embrace who I am? So it was actually a lot of both. My mm-hmm. um, learning disabilities, being dyslexic, being neurodivergent was never made public. I talked to teachers in private. I went and had okay. a different kind of study hall. That's So it was never made public that I was different. I didn't like feeling different. I didn't like, I I liked the fact that I had accommodations. I did not Mm -hmm. like the fact that I was different. And so kids are mean. Kids will tease. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like the, the things that I did, I I was very empowered to do in private. I never announced to the class, Hey, I'm different. Please pick on me. Mm -hmm. It was very, um, yep, I'll do, I'll do this. And then I was still in general population and no one knew that I was in a different class. Except in like elementary school, they pulled you out of class. But in junior high and high school, you just have a different kind of study hall than mm-hmm. everybody else. At least in, in in my school district, nothing else was different. I was just like every other kid. And I wanted to blend in. Again, mm-hmm. kids are mean. Yeah. <laughs> and so I wanted to be normal. I wanted to fit in. And so that was always really hard knowing that I was like, why can't I get this? Why can't I grasp this? And it went as far as like, we always talk about it in the academic way, but it is mm-hmm. a social thing too. Yeah. We interact differently. We see relationships and connections very differently. And that was really hard for me. Like making friends was always hard and, yeah. and stuff. And part of that was the neurodivergent. And part of it was like, I learned to keep my, my spiritual gifts very private because guess what? Like people want to talk to the kid who sees energy and, and, you know, reads tarot and stuff, but not to be nice to them. They treated me like I was a circus freak. I was entertainment. And I didn't like that. So I kept it very yeah. private once I realized that um, friendship wasn't the goal. Entertainment was. But now to this day, I'm like, 
I may be a cartoon character come to life, but I'm not here to entertain you. And if yeah. you want to be entertained, go to the movies. <laughs> so do you feel like experiences like that? I'm sure as a young person, they were hard, but ultimately they help kind of solidify your confidence in who you are. Cause you are a very confident person. Like when, when you meet Lily, you know that Lily knows who Lily is. And, and just like, there is no apologies for who you are. Like it, you cut, this is me. And, and do you think that you kind of came into that because of the experiences of, you know, having to deal with people who were not always nicer or true intended and in, in what they were trying to achieve by interacting with you? Yeah, I think it, it has a lot to do with it. Like all of our experiences shape our lives, positive, mm -hmm. negative, whatever. Everything is a lesson and a chance to grow. And for me, that's that was, you know, discovering who I am dis despite or because of being neurodivergent, but also being spiritual and seeing spirits, but mm -hmm. also being disabled and having chronic illnesses, like figuring out exactly who you are with all that not it's like well this is who i am and you just like hack off a chunk of you and set it to the side and it's like but that's not me it's all you like it's it's all shaping mm -hmm. you and so yeah. like being as, as weird as it is it's like uh there is a tiktok creator and i cannot remember her name but she said look at it like a superpower do not look at it as a disability. Do not look at it as something that is a hindrance to your life. You see things differently. So did Superman. And I'm like, I am a superhero. <laughs> <laughs> and so it, it like when you have people like that around you, it makes it much mm -hmm. easier. Like I always believe representation matters no matter what you're talking about whether it's people of color, whether it's disability, whether it's queer, whether it's neurodivergent mm -hmm. representation matters. And it's like, that's why when you see people like you who it's like, yeah, I'm neurodivergent and I have a podcast and I'm here to help people. It's like, then kids can see that and they'll be like, Oh, you mean I'm not broken? Really? Oh my God. No. And that's why I'm really grateful for you answering these questions. Cause that is the point of this particular podcast is to show people that, you know, they're not alone, especially youth, that we've all, mm -hmm. a lot of us have had these kind of experiences where we've been made to feel different or, you know, we didn't always feel like our peers were on our side. Mm -hmm. And, but that, but that there's strength in that and that it doesn't yeah. hinder who you are. And it obviously mm -hmm. doesn't have to prevent you from, from being successful to achieve. Yeah. And so with that, I want to know how Lily of the Light came about? So Lily of the Light is my business and I help people to um, unlock their awesomeness and get the sparkle back. And it's for anyone of any age, but uh, I deal mostly with women who are like 29 and older, but uh, I love kids. I, I see kids on a regular basis also for like mentorship programs. So if your kid is spiritual, they can get mentorship at a young age. I was 10. I would have been happy to do it at five. <laughs> like, no age is too young. Mm. And it like having my gifts and abilities and really wanting to help people and then starting training at 10, I was able to like see clients at a young age and just start honing. And then um, I don't, I like the idea that we are all completely different and complex. And therefore one size doesn't fit all for anything, neurodivergent, spirituality, anything. And so I learned as many modalities as I could crammed into like a decade. Mm. Um, and so I have 15 different modalities from around the world that I'm trained yeah. in. Wow. And because I never wanted someone to come to me and me not have something in my toolbox to help them. Mm. Mm -hmm. And so it was, I will, I want to help the world. That means I have to know a lot because people are very, very different. And it's, I, I wanted to help people. And I did that through creating my LLC when I joined like a wellness center that that's what they, that was a prerequisite. Otherwise mm -hmm. I would not have done it. <laughs> I, I not official at all. And, but that kind of propelled me to be very serious and business oriented. And mm -hmm. now I have like retainers where people can see me every month to help build their spirituality and help them work through trauma and help them work through um 
the energetic aspect of your their life. And then there's the mentorship programs where it's like, no, I, I want to be like you. I want to see clients. It's like, yes, then you do a mentorship program. Mm -hmm. And then there is also the rainbow session, which is my brainchild. It uses almost all of the 15 modalities. So it has to be in person for the physical modalities. Um, mm -hmm. And it takes two hours of, and it's deep, intense spiritual healing where you do you have to show up and you have to be open. You have to commit to it. And then I do all the work because okay. so many people, they can't get over that roadblock of, of themselves. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, nope, as long as you don't like slap me, mm -hmm. I will work around whatever you got for two hours and get you to jumpstart your spiritual journey. And so it's, it's a lot of fun. It has like aromatherapy and gua sha and Thai reflexology. It has energy work and tarot and psychic mediumship and meditation. So it is everything in two hours to serve you and your soul, whatever you need in the present moment. And it is, if anyone's curious, it is an extremely in-depth session. So mm -hmm. I only do two a month. Oh, it wow. takes okay. my entire day. So it's like, oh, but it's only a two-hour session. It's like, no, it takes me the entire day mm -hmm. to set the space to make sure that I am serving you the best I can, and therefore there are only two. And wow. um, yeah, I live in the Twin Cities, so if you're in that area or want to travel, that session is available, but it has to be done in person. Yeah, I'm like, when do I book my flight is what I'm <laughs> as you're sharing this? <laughs> Yes, the next time you come and visit, we will we will set up the space, definitely. Yeah, I'm like, okay, yeah, I've got to book my flight and I've got to come see you now just for this. So, I mean, that sounds really, really intensive. And and so what do, you, what do a lot of people, if they're coming to you for that, like what do you think their ultimate goal or what do you see as the common goal that they're trying to, trying to achieve by doing that? It's is it the trauma, is it? Yeah, jumpstart their spiritual awakening, but to have someone hold your hand and like the first step is always the hardest. Mm -hmm. It is. And to get over a roadblock by yourself is nearly impossible. Let's be honest. We all need a support system. We all need someone to answer questions and that's what it is. And so it's about spiritual well-being. It's about jumpstarting your path. It's about removing the roadblocks that are preventing you from living your best life, from getting your sparkle back, from actually loving yourself. That's what mm. it's meant to do. It's meant to create a space that you can break through all the things that are holding you back. I love that. I absolutely love that. And you know what? I think I think I could, I wish I had uh, met you even sooner now because I could definitely see myself. I Like I said, I'm coming in, we're doing this regardless, but I could see the power in that because sometimes I think, especially for people, if you've gone through periods of trauma, or you just are feeling like depression is really sinking in on you. I could see something like that being so incredibly powerful. It's like, it's almost like calling back your power in a sense yeah. and helping yep. you to kind of feel like, okay, I can do this. I've got this. Somebody's in my corner and I am the the spiritual badass that I, I want to yes. be. And I want, I want to go out and achieve things in this world. Yes, it's about remembering who you really are and who you are is amazing. And I will absolutely cheerlead all of my clients. And for anyone out there who's like, but I don't live in Minnesota, that's fine. That's why there's a retainer. Like, that's why you see me monthly virtually. And we build. So the intensive is meant to be intensive. Mm -hmm. And then the retainers are meant to gradually help you, kind of like therapy where it's like, you know, it's not a one and done. Your spiritual mm -hmm. journey is not one and done. Please stop thinking right. it's a magic pill. It's not. So you have sessions once a month. I find that that's the best way to do it. It gives people a full moon cycle to process energy, to work on things because to work through so much spiritually, like, oh, every week, <gasps> that's a lot. Unless you are working through something very, very specific. Mm -hmm. it, it's monthly. It's monthly. Absolutely. And so do you, I know, and I kind of know the answers, but I want you to be able to put this out there for everyone too, but do you do, you do tarot, you do mediumship? I mean, do people come to you for a specific need? Like, what does it look like if they go, okay, I, I got to go see Lily. What does that look like? Or what can it look like? So it can look like anything. Like I said, every soul is different. And my business was meant to be customizable. I want every single session, every single person to look different, sound different, act different, and I still want to help them the best I can. There is nothing cookie cutter. 
a lot of people will come in and there are like fan favorites. Like at the beginning of the year, there is um, the year at a glance spread. So think of like a movie preview of your year. And it's like mm. one card for each month and it explains what your year is going to look like. No surprises in the twists and turns of the movie trailer of life. Mm-hmm. So it really helps people to plan. And then uh, people come in for like, they want to move through. I don't want to say like trauma. People do come in for trauma, but mm-hmm. it's having trauma is not the only reason why people need help. It's not the only reason why, you know, you would want spiritual healing. You don't have to have a traumatic life to want and deserve a sparkly spiritual badass existence you know that that's only for people who have suffered no it's for everybody it's for everybody and so people will come in and and i will ask what do you want to work on and then based on what they say there's usually some kind of tarot spread there's usually some kind of mediumship and psychic um answering questions mediumship is talking to spirits and animal guides and ancestors so if spirits come in, we talk to them. But this is not Dial the Dead, people. You cannot. I want to talk to Great Aunt Edna. Great Aunt Edna don't want to talk to you. So you ain't going to talk to her. I cannot force someone, something to talk to you. However, if they come through, I absolutely. Hello, let's chit chat. Mm-hmm. And most of the time when you set the intention, they will come through. But it is not a guarantee. I cannot force a spirit to do anything. A lot of people have that misconception that it's like, mm-hmm. No, Uncle Earl. And I'm like, no, not today. <laughs> yeah. Um. So if you come in with that, you will be disappointed. And that's not a me thing. That's a you thing. You somehow <laughs> thought that consent wasn't real when it comes mm-hmm. to people who have passed on. It still is. And I will always respect them. I'm not going to drag any soul back by the hair to chit chat yeah. with you. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, that makes sense. I, I guess people just assume they're all just kind of like floating there waiting mm-hmm. to be at their beck and call. But I'm assuming that's probably not how it works. Not at all. We have to call them in. It is a long distance call. It (laughs) takes a minute. And it's like, sometimes it just rings. No voicemail, no nothing. It's like, all right, fine, bye. (laughs) Um, Mm. But yeah, people come in and uh, my goal is that every single client leaves feeling better about themselves, leaves feeling empowered, leaves feeling like they could set healthy boundaries and have a life's purpose that feeds their soul. That is mm-hmm. that is the goal of every session to to do that. And again, it's not a magic bullet. You need several sessions. I'm I'm sorry. Everyone is like, no, it's like Jesus. Tap you on the head. You're healed. Mm-hmm. I am not Jesus. I never <laughs> claimed to be. I am so sorry to disappoint everybody. I am not benevolent. So no, it, it takes it takes sessions. It it takes a while for your soul to heal. Think of how long you've been suffering. Mm-hmm. It's gonna take a minute. And honor your soul's process. We're not going to rush your soul because you're impatient and your ego has an issue. I love that. So, okay, so I, <laughs> I've got to ask you kind of a random off-topic question in my my true ADHD brain, brain here. So do you ever go out and about in your kind of like day-to-day life? And do you have spirits who are like trying to get your attention and are like, hey, 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 hey. Like you're in the grocery store and it's like, hey, hey, you see that person? I need you to, can you please go talk to this person, please, 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 please. Like, does that ever happen to you type of thing? Like, what so does that this, look like? This is a sticky situation. All right, here we go. Okay. So this is, I want to be clear, consent is key. There, mm-hmm. if anyone, anyone ever walks up to you and says, I have a message for you, poke them in the eye. Don't, <laughs> don't, that is horrible. So it is not my job to walk up to strangers. Does it happen? Yes, absolutely. Someone like me has the ability to have like a dimmer switch. When I'm Mm -hmm. driving, I do not want spirits coming in going, hey, Mm -hmm. I got questions. No, I want to drive. And so you put a dimmer switch on so that it's not happening during those times. But um, it does sometimes. And if it feels right to me, I will ask Mm -hmm. consent. Like with you, I was like, do you want to know? And if yes, you would have you said, asked no, me. I would have been like, okay, that's mm-hmm. fine. It is never okay to break consent ever. If someone says no and you're like, God told me to, God didn't tell you shit. Your ego said mm-hmm. you were awesome. You're not. Mm-hmm. Leave it alone. And so I was actually at the bank of, of the town that I grew up in. So it's a small town. I know everyone at the bank. Mm-hmm. And they were talking in the back. 
about um, my animal is really sick. I don't know what to do. I don't know when they're meant to pass. I, I'm having a hard time with it and stuff. And then I go to do my bank transaction. I said, um, so can I, can I ask you something? Like, is it okay if I, if I, if I tell you how, how to do this? And she was Mm -hmm. like, yes, please. And I went in and we did a mini session right there. Remember, I know her never, never ask for free sessions. People it's tacky. Don't be that twat. And so (laughs) we were there and it felt right. And so I was just like, Hey, yes, your animal needs to die before winter. They're in a lot of pain. And she said, how do you know? And I said, well, I'm, I'm, I'm a pet psychic. I I communicate with animals and I Mm -hmm. also help them transition. And so we went through what the animal needed to pass, which was it needed to play with the daughter, Mm. not anyone else in the family. It needed like a solid play date with the daughter. And then we went through like where they wanted to be buried and put to rest and the time frame that this would happen. And she's like, I'm going to cry. And I'm like, that's okay. Crying is okay. Mm. I get that you're at work though. So you may not want to, but (laughs) yeah, it, it happens. It happens out in public. And when it happens and it feels right, I will ask, mm-hmm. hey, can I say this? And guess what? If someone says no, I drop it because mm-hmm. it's not mine. And I have no right to infringe on anyone's life. But when they do Has say Has anyone yes, ever said no, though? Does, do people oh, yeah. say no? Really? Yeah, I don't want to know it. I just, mm-mm. And really? a lot of that is out of fear. And that's fine. You don't mm-hmm. you don't have to think I'm safe. I, I am safe. You don't have to think it, though. Um. So, yeah, some people just don't want to know. Some people you know, are scared to know. They don't want to get something bad. They're always afraid it's bad. And I'm like, nothing's really bad. Chances are a spirit who comes through that's telling you you're a twat (laughs) means you have a toxic trait that you should look at. But other than that, you're good. Like the bank teller, like you, you guys are like, yeah, just let me know. And I'm like, okay, I will. And so again, this happens out in public and that's fine, Mm -hmm. but you don't walk up to me on the street and ask. And okay. you certainly don't ever do it for for free because this is my profession. This is my time and my talent. And I'm making this very clear because this still happens. I've been doing this for 20 years. This still happens where friends or acquaintances or people I barely know. Oh, yes. Anytime my animal needs anything, you let me know. That is a $2,000 a month service to me. Stay open to your animal is $2,000 a month. If you would like to pay that, I will happily stay open to your animal and give you whatever messages come through, if any. You do not get to just say that and be like, but this is your gift. Do it. You sound like an ass when you say that. That's your your boundary. And I get that. So I'm assuming this happens to you a lot then. Because people think it's entertaining. I Um, am their performing monkey in heels. And I always have to say I'm not. I'm not a performing monkey in heels. I'm here to genuinely help you on your path. And I will be paid for my expertise, my time, and my talent. And if it comes up like it did with a bank teller, like it did with you, it's like, yes, awesome. And we obviously talk about it. And it's Mm -hmm. great. And we made, I I would like to think, a forever friendship. (laughs) Yeah. You know, but strangers on the street don't, don't walk up and be like, what do you get from me? Nothing. Nothing. I get nothing. Was it hard to say? I I don't know about you. And I think because of my ADHD, I often deal with rejection sensitivity, rejection sensitivity dysphoria, where like I'm I'm afraid of that rejection because a lot of people who are neurodiverse, especially I didn't know that I was until I was 30. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think it becomes this defense mechanism of you almost like you're a people pleaser because of it. Did you do you did you deal with that at all? Was it hard to set that boundary? Because I think it's important to have boundaries, especially in your line of work. But did you ever struggle with setting that boundary? Absolutely. Especially as junior high and high school. Like I said, I've been doing this and and been trained in it. And so when I was young and had friends and just wanted to fit in, yeah, it became, you know, they would just ask me questions and it it became incredibly unbalanced. And and I did become the entertaining. And Mm. That was not what I wanted out of life. And so I had the blessing of learning it at a young age that that it's like, yep, this I I don't like the way this makes me feel. But it was a hard lesson to learn. And I still I still deal with it to this day. I I had to message a colleague. Excuse me. I am not sick. I have allergies. It is Minnesota. (laughs) 
and everything is wet. <laughs> so, <laughs> so sorry, everybody. Um, that I had to message a colleague recently and say, you know, this is inappropriate. You cannot mm-hmm. ask me, you know, they, they wanted constant updates on their pet and it, it became very toxic. And I was like, I, I don't, like you, you were my colleague. And so I told you once, like, there's something wrong with your cat's stomach. Maybe, maybe you should look into that. And that very quickly snowballed into them feeling entitled to mm-hmm. message me at all hours, every two days, and even to like, hold our friendship and, you know, connection hostage. Like, well, I'm not going to do anything for you because I am just so worried about my cats. But if I knew what was going on with them, <sighs> I'd be able to help. And I was like, oh, no, I'm not I'm not I'm not playing that. So now I set hard boundaries, but people still come up and say that kind of stuff. So it's it's a constant. It's constantly setting boundaries. It's not like you set it once and then you never have to again. It's Mm -hmm. it's a which is unfortunate, you know, but that Mm -hmm. is when people come in and they're like, oh, my God, this is what you can do. You can help me. I will absolutely help you schedule a session to get a retainer and I will help you every month. I will, I will move mountains for your spiritual well-being. Mm-hmm. but do not treat me like an ATM where you just walk up, push a button and I will spit out spirituality at you. That is not how it works. You know, it's, do you think that a lot of people in your profession deal with that? Like there is a lot of people who just don't understand that that is, you know, that is your professional nature. Like that is your job. Yes. It's a gift a gift that you have, you know, but I look at it as any kind of like, uh, you know, somebody who went and studied something like you have a skill set essentially, and that is your business associated with it. And, you know, I wouldn't expect people to want all what I do for free either, but because I think it's, it's like this different type of skill set. Do you feel like that people just have a hard time understanding that just because it's a natural gift ability that, that that's still a business. Well, and it's not just a business. This is for this is our time, talent, and expertise. Whether it's a business or not, mm-hmm. I believe in fee, F E E, fair exchange of energy. And okay. so it's like, yep, no matter what I do, it's a fair exchange of energy. And while we were at the blocks, but let me be clear, disclaimer: this is not how anyone's going to pay in my real life. This was on. <laughs> I know where you're going with this. <laughs> I was. Oh my gosh. I was like, I'm hungry. And people showed up with candy bars and chips. I was fed and happy. I had a purse full of candy for two weeks after (laughs) I got home. It was amazing. And that's what people did for me to read their astrology chart, for them to get a tarot reading. It was, I said, okay, give me candy. And then please like leave a positive review on like Facebook or Google. Um, And, and that's how it was like it. And I told them like other other people there were doing it for free. And I'm like, I will never do anything for free because energetically you're out of balance. And that's not what the universe likes. I need a fair exchange of energy. I like and that. everyone was like, I can, I can get you Fritos. And it was fabulous. So that's, that's what I, that's how I function with fee, with mm-hmm. the fair exchange of energy. Um, and yeah, I've had people say, this is a gift from the universe. You're not allowed to charge for this. Okay, so I want to be clear, everybody. This is a horrible misconception and a sign of a lack of intelligence. So, in reality, <laughs> tell me how you day, really feel. Okay, tell me how you really right? feel. <laughs> back way back in the day, you want to know what we were? We were considered precious. We were considered mages. We were considered very high up. We were not treated poorly because we could genuinely see the future and help people. And mm-hmm. so during this time, we would travel and we would get to stay at the inn for free in a nice room, nice room. Mm-hmm. And we were given a chicken and we were given food and goods. We were always paid a fair exchange of energy. Mm-hmm. And so when people are like, nah, and I'm like, yeah, and you're not going to give me a chicken. Now you're going to give me money to buy my own chicken. Right. And so that's what it is. So people are like, oh, that's never used to. No, back in the day, we were always paid, but we were paid in a very different way because guess what? It was a different time. Yeah, but But you, I mean, saying it in that form, you were, I mean, you were either a high priestess or you were like the, you know, on call for the king or the queen or whoever it was because 
because they knew that your knowledge was invaluable. So, I mean, you, you were essentially held in high regard because of the, the skill and the gift that you yep. had. So, yep. I mean, that and, makes sense. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Yes. And even when we helped, you know, not kings and queens, we were still taken care of. You came and brought me a woven basket. You know, mm-hmm. people came and like I said, they bring you a chicken. They, <laughs> there is always something. And so this, this idea that it needs to be free, it's like, no. And also that's really unrealistic. So you expect me to do this and like starve to death and, and be homeless. And nope, this is, I I will charge what I am worth. And with like people coming up, I know from personal experience and then also like professional experience, the more well-known you get, Mm -hmm. it, it, it happens like the people who you've been around forever, they already know your boundaries, mm-hmm. but the more you're on TV shows, the more you're on radio shows, the more like strangers will walk up and do it. Um, and mm-hmm. not like, Oh, this is like a friend that you've known for two seconds or something. And so it's, it's just part of the, <laughs> the trade-off to becoming well-known and like, I want to be well-known and mm-hmm. not for my ego. I told a colleague recently, I'm like, I want to help a minimum, minimum of 10,000 people a year. Wow. I want to be world known because I want to help that many people. And you can't do that by not being popular, by not getting your name out there, by not doing mm-hmm. that. And so for me, it's like, oh yeah, I, I, I want to get to the point where people will know me on the street. Hopefully they don't like walk up and ask about great uncle Earl, but um, (laughs) that they have boundaries, but whatever. Mm -hmm. And so I genuinely think everyone deserves happiness. Everyone deserves healing and everyone deserves to feel amazing about themselves. I truly believe that. And I want to help as many people as possible. And so that means being larger than life in a way that will get people walking up to me on the street. <laughs> I love that. And now, but do you have to protect your energy? Like that's your goal, but does that, does that drain you in any kind of way? Does it, does it take away from you or your energy in, at any level? Nope. No, no, no. I don't want to say real <laughs> trained mm-hmm. and ethical healer will have that problem. If you meet a healer and they're like, oh, I take on your illness. No, no. That is a healer who does not have boundaries. Run away. Run away fast. So if ever I work with someone, I take that energy and immediately release it to the universe or Mother Earth. Mm -hmm. Healers are not meant to absorb illness. We Mm -hmm. are meant to transmute it into something else through the universe or Mother Earth. It's not ours. We're not meant to keep it. And Mm -hmm. I also do a large amount of shielding and warding through, I'm not wearing any jewelry, but I wear hats. Hats protect, hats protect me. All of my hats are blessed to shield me. Mm -hmm. So all I have to do is put on a hat and I'm automatically shielded. My jewelry is the same way. I, my jewelry is blessed for different things. Mm -hmm. And so my earrings, the rings that I wear all have a purpose that it's like, nope, nothing drains me. I get drained physically because like the physical form has limitations, mm-hmm. but psychically, spiritually, none of this is draining. If someone tries to like latch onto me, I'm aware mm-hmm. of it and then take care of it. I'm like, Oh no, okay. let's just swat, swat you away. <laughs> so is that kind of the importance of you talked about when you were younger getting trained and having a mentor is that some of that level of the importance there because if you're if you don't go through that then maybe you don't know the the ways of you know making sure that people are not latched yep. on to you or not taking on people's energy and stuff yes there are too many in my opinion um professionals or people who say that they're professionals and they're seeing clients and they never learned the foundation they never learned mm-hmm. how to ground shield discern ward which is needed. Like that's what you need to do before anything else. If you are an empath, if you feel others' emotions, the first thing you need to do is realize what's yours and not yours. Especially mm-hmm. if you're young and have just started dating. Just a little, little. Where were you when I was in my 20s, Lily? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I dated many, many a wrong mm-hmm. person because I felt their emotions as my own. And I'm like, I really like them. I really like them. Yes, yes, let's take this physical step way too soon. Mm -hmm. And then I would go home and go, 
I don't like them. What happened? Yeah. And it yeah. took way too many mistakes to realize what, and I was like, oh shit, this yeah. is being an empath. I am feeling their attraction for me. I'm feeling their crush on me when I'm in the room with them. Let me tell you what, dating is now like a brick wall. I'm like, I feel nothing that you have. I want to <laughs> Do I actually like you? Okay, yeah, let's do this. But if not, mm -hmm. like I will, if you, uh, my friends, so I don't date a lot. Um, imagine that. Not a lot of people are willing to deal with this much energy. But well, then they're, they're not worthy then. I agree. I agree. <laughs> a lot of people, like my friends have asked, you know, why, why haven't you settled down yet? And I always ask, have you ever met someone who is worthy of me? And they will go, no. And I'm like, I haven't either. If you meet someone, please send them my way. However, not many people are willing to deal with high king shit psychic. So like I have gotten into the habit of when I am dating or doing a mm -hmm. business deal or something, even though I am shielded, mm -hmm. some of that may still leak through. And so I will go to the bathroom and I'll just sit and I'll be like, okay, What's mine? What's not mine? Is this mine? Do I really feel this? Okay, let's go mm -hmm. on a second date. Or mm -hmm. yes, I want to make that business deal. I will always disconnect from a situation to be able to tell what's mine or not. So if you're an empath, if you're feeling other people's feelings, or you get overwhelmed and have peer pressure a lot with being neurodivergent, you don't like rejection, go to the bathroom. Go to the bathroom more than you think you do. And you don't need to pee. You just sit in the stall and be like, what do I really want? And, and just, then you know, but I have to do that. Okay. So I, I do consider myself an empath to some degree because I, and I think that's what made me good as a special education teacher. Cause I could feel what kids were feeling. And I, and then I knew what to do to help them because I could feel those feelings. But I also feel like I sometimes am an impulsive, which is an ADHD trait as well because mm -hmm. of those feelings. And I had to learn and I, and I had bosses who actually, I actually have really great relationships with still today who called me out on some of these things. And I'm glad they did. I mean, it, it was hurtful at the time, that rejection piece at the time, but it ended up being actually a really good life lesson for me is because I do tend to want to just go ahead and make the decision or just jump into it. And mm -hmm. I need that time to sit and stew with something to make sure it actually is how I want to handle it. Like a, 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 an email that might get me fired up or even just maybe a big business decision. I know that as much as I want to go ahead and just make the decision, I can't. I have to take the time yep. to think about it. And so I think from a spiritual level, you're saying that, but I think on an ADHD level, that yes. is also a major issue as well. So you're getting like a double whammy there a little bit. <laughs> yes. It took me a while to realize like what was mine and what I really want, which is also why I don't date as much anymore. Cause now I do not feel other people's crushes on me as mine. I'm like, Oh no. Recently someone um, had a crush on me out at a Renaissance festival. Cause I work Renaissance festivals. I love them. Mm -hmm. Um, and someone walked up and was like, oh, this guy likes you. And I was just like, yeah, no, no. Why? No, mm -hmm. no, no, thank you. Mm -hmm. Appreciate the compliment. And they're like, wow. And I'm like, and I, I'm sitting here going, wow, I've grown so much. Yay. Go me. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. Well, I have two questions for you before yes. we go. The first one being, if somebody wanted to learn more about you, wanted to work with you, wanted to reach out to you, wanted to follow you on social media, all of that good stuff, how would they go about doing that? So they can reach out to me through my website, lilyofthelight.com. Um, I'm actually running a holiday special because um, Christmas, Yule, Saturnalia, whatever you want to call it, is my favorite holiday. The winter holiday is the best, in my opinion. I have a Christmas tree up year round. I am not joking. I, I love this holiday. So your first 15-minute session is 50% off uh -huh. if you do it during the holiday season. And I'll run it through January because, let's be honest, there are some holidays, winter holidays in January. Um, and it's lilyoflight.com backslash first session. And then um, on social media, I am on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, um, Facebook, Lily of the Light. And it's all the same. One, to make it easier for all of you. Two, to make it real easy for me. Not going to lie. That was people who have like three different ones. I'm like, no, no. So you can always go on the website, lilyofthelight.com or social media, Lily of the Light 
are the best ways to get a hold of me and to work with me. And if you have questions or concerns or anything like that. Um, so yeah, and I, I, I love helping people. If you want help, if you think I can help you, I'm, I'm here. I am here and excited. Let's do it. Let's start now. You deserve now. I love that. And, and I'm telling anybody listening that Lily is legit. I have experienced it firsthand and, and I've even gone to Lily before for readings and they, I have walked away feeling like the weight of the world has come off my shoulder. So I highly recommend Lily, if you are considering reaching out for a reading. And then my last question for you that I like to ask all of my guests is if you could give advice to any uh, youth or young adults right now who are struggling social, emotionally, academically, just trying to find their way in the world, what advice would you give them? You are not broken. You are not a mistake. You are not doing it wrong. And I say this because I felt that way and so many people feel that way. You are just figuring out who you are and what you're doing. And as long as you are not hurting yourself or anyone else, you are not doing it wrong. You are simply customizing your life experience to you. And there is nothing wrong with that. That's how it should be. You are different than everybody else. It will look different than everybody else's. That is one of the things that I work on with clients is they're like, no, self-care should look like this. No, it shouldn't. It should look however it is meant to look for you. But spirituality is all happy, you know, music. I listen to the most aggressive music I can find when I work out because it makes me work harder. And so it's finding what works for you. You are not broken. You are not damaged. You are not wrong. You are discovering yourself. And it is one of the best journeys that you will ever go on. If you treat it like that, it becomes magical. And it also very much limits your self-hate and self-criticism because you do not deserve that to be beaten up by yourself or anybody else. You are not broken. Anyone who says you're broken is wrong and they are not worthy of you. That is what I say to people. I love that. That is an amazing message. And thank you. Thank you for saying that. And Thank you to all my listeners for tuning in and joining me. Thank you to Lily for being on the show. I truly appreciate having you on. And until next week, thanks for tuning in to the Neurodiverse Teacher Podcast. Bye, guys. Bye.